Los Angeles 2024. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. Did you hear me? I said ever. <laughs> I'm H. Allen Scott slash Sadie Pineza. And on this incredibly aggressive Wednesday, I'm <laughs> Carrie Doherty. And today we are doing another Golden Rewind, where we go back and rewatch our favorite episodes of The Golden Girls and offer new insights since we first started breaking down these episodes way back in 2014. Way, way and back. Way, way back. And today we are stealing money from the government and using false advertising to lure in men because we just rewatched season five, episode 15, Triple Play. <sighs> I can I tell you I because this, there's no baseball in this episode. Yeah, I always every time I see triple play, I'm like, oh, is this the episode where Blanche dates a baseball player and he wears her underwear? But this well, isn't that it's one. So no, it's not that. It's so funny that you said that because I feel like I know the titles of Golden Girls episodes pretty well. I can't necessarily associate which goes with which oftentimes, but when I hear the title, I know it's a Golden Girls episode. And with triple play. I did not know it was a Golden Girls episode. And you know me, I'm one of those people that like, I don't think 10 steps behind or 10 step steps before. I'm like literally life in the moment. Like I'm just go, go, go. And so I often don't know what's happening <laughs> until like right. hours You're, before yeah. we start. And just because I'm so, I mean, we talk about it, but then I'm just sort of like all over the place that I forget what we've talked about. And so when I sat down to do the work for today's episode, which I put in the work, thank you. I was like, is Triple Play a Golden Girls episode? Or are we doing like a beyond? Because I don't remember this as a, like I literally thought Triple Play was some sitcom that one of them did. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And today we're watching Rue McClanahan and an episode of 1996's Triple Play. <laughs> only on Fox. Lasted. Yeah, only on Fox. <laughs> yeah. No, it was weird. Yeah, but no, this, and uh, and I have so many amazing things to say about this episode. I love it so much. Yeah, we, it's fun also have a very special surprise for you all today. Ooh, we love surprises. We love surprises. After we recap the episode, you will hear a few minutes of a conversation we had with the fabulous Molly Hagen, who plays Miles' daughter, Caroline, in this episode. My mouth is open for anyone watching on our Patreon because I am <laughs> officially shocked. So I actually met Molly at the Golden Girls-themed picket during the writer and actor strike. She was so lovely and wonderful. I met her through Jim Colucci. And if you are a fan of the show Walker on the CW, you know her as the matriarch on the show. She's literally Mama Walker on the show. She's so, so good on this show. Oh, that's wild. So, it's so funny how people, yeah. how people like know her because when I – this happened earlier. So I – I know her from obviously the Golden Girls, but also from Herman's Head. She was a, re right. a series regular on Herman's Head. But then when we were just talking about this episode and we were watching it earlier, Michael was like, she's in something, something. And with Mike, when Michael says she's in some, or someone is in something, I know it has nothing to do that with anything that I've ever seen ever. It's It's got to be a Disney Channel thing, something from 19 or from 2007 that like, I was a full-fledged adult and he was just sort of like, he was also an adult, but watching children's entertainment. And when he, when he said, I know her from something, it was, uh, it was some Disney channel series 
where she played the mom and he was like, it was so good. And he's listing off all of these credits from her of all of these kid things that she's done. She has a very extensive resume of kid yeah, stuff. Apparently, that's and I love, I love the, the divide in sort of what you and Michael watch. It's wild. It's, it's really, wild. really fun. Yeah. So, so we hope that you will uh, enjoy a few minutes of the conversation the full interview with Molly will be available to our program coordinator members in the GGVIP Club on Patreon. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, if you are in the GGVIP Club today, you're getting another Rusty Anchor Happy Hour where we actually found video footage from the event where the girls wore the four golden outfits. Is the mm. same photo that when B saw it on mm -hmm. Graham Norton, she was like, that's not us. Those are impersonators. So... <laughs> We have the video. It is pretty spectacular. That's what you'll be getting today on the Rusty yeah. Anchor Happy Hour. And if you want to sign up, go to patreon.com slash Podcast. I believe that is all I have for housekeeping notes. Oh, fun. <sighs> wow. Do you have anything you want to say? Mouthful. I mean, I have so many things I want to say. I had this thing, a friend of mine, a past guest on this podcast, Sam Kiefer, wonderful, wonderful person. Um, he and I were texting. I don't know what started the chain. Actually, what started it is so Sam, I have a thing where I like to like personalize contact photos for people. Um, and just because I like I like because I see it like I keep my my text window open on my my computer and it's on my phone or whatever. So a lot of times when I see the contact photo, I want I want it to be happy picture. I want something happy or funny or whatever. And Sam has a um, a very funny butt tattoo. Not funny, but he has a butt tattoo. And he took a very funny picture of his butt tattoo of like him with a thumbs up and his butt tattoo. And so I made that the contact photo and I, I like did it yellow and he posted it on a story. It's too late to go look at it now, but it's on his, his Instagram. Go look at the photo. It's a fantastic photo. Anyway, that led to us just spiraling into other things. And he sent me a Golden Girls um, uh, roses like for Valentine's Day because Valentine's Day is coming up a golden girls bouquet of roses, but it's just, it's just Rose. Uh, yeah. I've seen those. Those are really yeah, cute. They're so, hold on. Let me find it. It's um, yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's that you can see it in, on the, on the thing. I guess I can show everyone too. Cause I mean, Sam posted it on his story. So I can show everyone um, the photo of Sam. If you're on Patreon, you can go over to Patreon right now and see my contact photo for Sam too, if you like. Uh, but yeah, so that's, and that's Sam's contact photo as well. That's Isn't that so cute? funny. Isn't that adorable? That's adorable. It is. Yeah, it's so, adorable. Hi, yeah. Sam. Hi, Sam. Everyone <laughs> on Patreon got to know Sam a little bit better, but it's on his Instagram too. So you can go watch that too. I I love that. I'm so I love that you're drinking from your Wendy Williams. I'm so tired. How you doing? I had one of those <laughs> days. I'm in my for those watching on the video, I'm in now Sam. Stan and I have argued whether or not these are pajamas that I'm wearing yeah. or if they're, it's just a sweatsuit. But if you can see in the video, I have these Disney sweatshirt and sweatpants on. Cute. It I see Daisy. The... I see a little bit. I mean, you're blue. I, yeah, I see Daisy. I see Daisy. Yes. There's Daisy, Mickey, Goofy, Pluto, the, the whole, everybody's there. The whole gang. The whole gang. I could not bring myself to put on something that did not feel like pajamas. I, my hair... If anybody can see on the video right now, I've got just a the messiest ponytail. I'm I have been up little Oreo. God what bless her, this kid. She stopped napping, oh. which was great because she would nap from like 
I don't know, like uh, two to three, and then she was going up to bed at going up for a tub at eight, going to yeah. sleep at eight thirty, quarter and nine. So Stan and I wouldn't have, we'd be so tired at the end of the day, we wouldn't have time to watch anything. We'd just go to bed. But she stopped napping. So then, this kid was going up for a tub at six thirty. She was wow. asleep by seven, sleeping until eight thirty. Wow. We lived this glorious life of that wow. for like I don't know a month or two, mm-hmm. and now she's waking up at like 4 30 and then maybe falling back asleep until six but since she's up oh. at 4 30 we have a hard time falling back asleep yeah so so she and i got up early and i was like i'm gonna run this kid into the ground and make her so tired that she goes to bed early tonight so we, i took her to the playground and she runs around and i chase her and i've just been it's just been one of those days you know when you realize like when i sat down to this podcast i was like this is the first time i have sat down today like wow. i ate dinner standing up Wow. I mean, we, I mean, I'm, I'm a busy person, but in very different ways. And I, and I have to say like, like your busy just is so much more than my busy than, I, I mean, it makes me feel like, well, I should not be tired because like, but I mean, I, I'm just tired in my brain. That's all. That's the only thing that's being exhausted over here. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, that's not nothing, you know, still, still, yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely, it's funny. I want to just, I love, I, I love Oreo obviously, but um, I want to go back to Daisy for a second. Um, have you ever realized how slutty of an outfit Daisy's actually wearing? Well, she's not wearing pants, but neither yes. does Donald. Yes, I mean, but even yeah. in the theme park, like like Daisy, again, Patreon photo. I'm just putting, pulling up all the receipts on the phone photo for the Patreon people today. So go listen, go go subscribe and listen to that. But yeah, Daisy at uh, the theme you're park. You're showing a what I don't think is a slutty photo of Daisy, but sure. No, I mean, no, it's not slutty. She she doesn't, she doesn't read slutty, but the actual outfit is very slutty because it essentially is just a shirt. I mean, that's why they call like the whole, like when dudes only wear a shirt, it's like Donald ducking it or whatever, or Winnie the Poohing it, like when they're only wearing a top and nothing below, but still like (laughs) Daisy is Daisy. Why can't you say just daisying it? Why are we shaming Daisy well, because but I not feel like, shaming Donald like, Duck and Winnie the Pooh? Well, there's no shaming involved at all. There, even okay, when great. you say Donald Ducking it, that's not shaming it. That's just, you know, whatever. No, I thought that, we were shaming Daisy. What's that line from The Office where Creed, someone flashes something and Creed says he was just freeballing it or something? No, like, he says he came. was just like dropping a little brain or something. Yeah, something crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think of that with Donald Duck or with Winnie the Pooh. But with Daisy... It's not, it's slutty, but it's like cute. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, oh, look at me. I'm not wearing, I'm not wearing anything below. I love it. I actually, Daisy's my favorite. She really is. Sometimes I love just letting you go. I like to see (laughs) what kind of journey we'll end up on. All right. I want to talk about overalls. Oh, overall notes about this episode. Oh, I thought you meant overalls. I was like, no, yes, no, I, don't I can talk, talk about, about that too. No, <laughs> no we're not going to do this to them today. Not today. Not today. Overalls. This this episode felt Park like overall empty nest. Sorry, oh, I keep doing this. Yes. That was good. That was okay. good. That was a good one. I'll give you that. Thank you. Thank you. This episode to me, it felt like theater. Yes. There were the three storylines were all woven together. Everyone played in everyone's stories. It was going in and out. Everything just felt so organic and perfectly executed. Mm -hmm. I loved that about this episode. So also because this is a Miles and Rose episode, just to kind of recap, since we are watching these rewatching out of order. Yeah. At this point, Miles and Rose 
they've this is Miles' second episode. Wow, so that's so wild to think I about. I know. I didn't yeah. realize that this Wait, was his second Wait, is it his second, second episode. episode as Miles? As yes. Miles. Okay. He'd already yeah. played Arnie. Yeah. So this is his second episode. So when we met him, you know, he was her dance partner. She had a crush on him. He was a little too smart for her. So that's where we're at. They've been mm. going strong for a while. But I didn't realize that we don't meet Miles until season five. That's wild because he dominates a lot of the end of the series. A lot. He, he dominates a lot of the conversation about yeah. the Golden Girls on this very podcast. Miles is one of those figures that, like, you know, he's kind of like Trump in that way. Like, he's just going to dominate the conversation. I mean, my feelings on him haven't changed. As you'll see when we get into the episode, I actually thought that Miles' behavior was pretty crappy towards Rose. I think it's just I, Miles being Miles. I think that we can firmly establish this podcast and the stance of this podcast as being very anti-Miles. And if you are a Miles stan, you can hate listen to this, but just know that we are going to hate. But also, if you're a Miles stan... I think you're doing the Golden Girls wrong. And if you're a news stan, that's fine, too. Mm. We do love stan on this podcast. I yeah, love we love all the stands. Yes. Yeah. Any stan is fine by us. Stands yes. are great, especially Jake's and Michael's. Oh, God. Okay. You get your fan. Yeah, we are going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we are going to dive in on Triple Play, which is a real episode title of the Golden Girls. Mm, but I can't swim. What? You said dive in. You said dive oh. in. And I was like, I can't swim. Leave that in. Leave that in. Okay. And we're back. We've come up for air, you might say. <gasps> and now my hair is a mess. I'm wet. I'm soaking wet. Oh, goodness gracious. So like I said, Miles and Rose going strong. His daughter, Caroline, will be in town for his birthday. Rose is going to make them lunch. I love that Rose knows who Tennessee Williams is, but she doesn't know what a revival is. Oh, that joke is so funny to me. Like yeah. Rose showing up to a theater thinking there's going to be a seance and that she may talk to a spirit is mm -hmm. it's just it's so Rose. Can it's I so say Rose. There is nothing more nerve-wracking than meeting someone new. Yeah. Like 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 that is connected to someone you know, you know what I mean? Or like or even just in general like someone you've been talking with but you've never met in person, you know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. just a there's just like a nervous energy that even though you know it's probably going to be fine, everything's great. There's I had that recently Car past guest on this podcast, Carson. He was here in Los Angeles this past weekend. We've never met in person ever. Oh wow. So it was like there was like so a nice little bit. Of, I was invited. Well, it was a busy weekend, you know. Yeah, no, I know that's fine. I have to go to. It's not like I wanted to get out of the house or anything. No, and we did go to see. Maybe his just place have some adult time. Like yeah, no, we're just thing. going to see his place <laughs> while I was at home picking Play-Doh out of my child's nose. <laughs> oh, that's well, fine. I mean, you know, next time. Um, but no, it is nervous to meet someone new. So I can I can relate in this episode recently to Rose's nervousness about meeting this person that could yeah, potentially be course. a very active presence in her life. Of course. And she wants to impress her. She wants her to like her. I mean, yes. the thing about Rosen Island is she's so incredibly likable. Yeah. One thing I never noticed about this scene. I don't know if you noticed this mm. when, so 
Dorothy and Sophia are sitting on the couch in the scene and they get up to, or Dorothy's on the couch, Sophia's on the chair. They get up to give Miles and Rose some alone time. Mm -hmm. When Dorothy stands, the wicker couch squeaks so loudly. I did not notice that. It squeaks. Go back and watch that. It squeaks twice. It To the point where I was like, that was very distracting. Even though this was the first time I noticed it. I thought, wow. couldn't they, can't they take that out when they're Probably editing not. the episode? It's Probably a squeak. Not. But it's like, not like something. I that... guarantee you they get room tone on that show. Well, yeah, but like. I don't think they had the capability to take out a noise like that. Yes. You just How? edit over it. They were editing on video. You just I mean, ed- I guess. edit over it. Anyway. Anyway. Oh. I just I mean, they used to do sweetening of the the audience laughter. We know that from Marsha. Oh Bruce my god, Williams. there's a laugh in this episode, an audience laugh, where the guy goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still convinced that you've seen tapings. Like you've gone back in no. time. When I when I pull the clips, you'll hear it in some of the clips. When I pull the clips, you All hear right. you hear I distinctly hear the dude going. <laughs> I hope he was okay and not having a medical emergency. Well, if he died, he died happy. Hello. I also love in this episode that, I mean, poor Betty White was always having to learn, like, the weird Scandinavian names and recipes. I love that she has an uncle named Gherkinflunken. (laughs) Gherkinflunken. But also, she also makes Gnurkinflurkin cake. That's a different episode. But then in this episode, I think she's making Kerflugenblugen. I love oh, Miles's cake. Miles's birthday cake. Poor Miles, what he's going to be getting, what he's in store for. I wonder, yeah. I wonder what Rose got him for his birthday. Did uh, does she ever I know she was going to make him the cake. I forget if she got him a present. I don't remember either. I don't actually. remember either. I don't think so. I don't think we know that. Okay. Now we have to talk about Blanche's storyline because yes. it's one I of my favorites. Think her method, what a smart method of meeting men by yeah. Renting a Mercedes, pretending it's for sale, and then only letting men come take it for test drives. I mean, like the odd, like odds are some of those men are going to be married or gay or yeah, girlfriends, wives, whatever. But yeah. it's like buying a giant stack of dollar scratchers. You know, like yeah. most of them will be losers, but you you're eventually going to hit. You never right? know, and that's what she was trying to do. She was trying to scratch a man off to find a good one. Yeah, she was just trying yeah. to scratch find her and jackpot. Scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find her. What is it like the gold sack or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're looking for mm-hmm. with that particular scratcher, gold yeah. star, gold sack? Wow, double. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We so need to do that. I think it's a really. I thought that was a really funny method, and whoever it is a that genius idea. Is, yeah, it, I mean, it's actually really good. Yeah, because like there's kind of no harm. I mean, of course you have an insurance thing if someone fucks up the car, but like it's kind of like. No harm, no foul. You just say no to everyone, but then the one guy you want to go out with, you kind of just be like, well, I just did this to meet you, you know? I mean, it really is the sort of early 90s version of swiping right or swiping kind left. Kind of is, yeah. You know, I mean, you just get an onslaught. Yes. Well, yeah, sure. But I think for her, it was a worthy investment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I love that. I like it. The scene where they're all eating breakfast I okay. I was obsessed with Blanche's nightgown as per usual because all of her nightgowns. I know we always say it, but she flows like a ghost. Yeah, like it's beautiful. I love it. I love her, love love her nightgowns. I did notice 
there's oatmeal or porridge or something that Sophia is serving in this scene. It looks gross. It looks cold. None of the women eat it. But then in no. the final moment of the scene, literally after the final line of the scene, B. Arthur finally takes like the tiniest bite. And I was like, B, what are you? You didn't have to. The scene is over, B. I mean, maybe she's an actress. She's trying to go for the realism. Let maybe. her. Maybe she noticed. She was like, nobody else is going to eat it. Fine. I'll eat the fucking porridge. Fine. Yeah. Give it to me. Mm, look at I did it. I'm the real actor. Did that it. could have been why she did it. She could have been spite eating the the porridge. <laughs> So, so the next scene is the, the, the scene where, I mean, more people come in through the door in that scene than I feel like have come through my place in a month. It is so many people are coming to the door in and out, in and out. Yeah. I just, I was like, wow, it's a busy day on Richmond Street. It's a busy Street. day. It's a very busy day. And so Blanche's first potential buyer is on his way. I love her white outfit in this scene. Me too. I love Blanche's hair. Everything about Rue McClanahan in this episode is, is so. so Rue McClanahan became so much hotter as the series went on. Like she aged hotter. She was she was hot. I do yeah. like her hair. It's tough. I I feel like I like her hair when it's a little bit on the shorter side. No, I love a little bit of a poof. Yeah, I hear you. Well, there is a great exchange between her and Dorothy in this scene. It's real quick, but I, I wanted to play it because I love it. Yeah. My first appointment's here, right on time. I've been out there watching him. He's been looking at the car and smiling. I feel just like a fisherman with a new lure. <laughs> you catch him, you clean him. <laughs> I love the runner in this episode where Dorothy doesn't want Sophia to say anything inappropriate and yeah. Sophia's just like dying inside. It's like um it's like that episode of Friends where they all have New Year's resolution and everyone bets Chandler that he can't go a whole day without making fun of them. <laughs> like that's what it reminds me of. You just see yes. Sophia bursting. Yeah. And uh so when when James is like you know, talking about the car, how much mileage she got on her. I, I love that Sophia, knowing she can't make the joke, immediately looks at Dorothy like, please, please, if I can't, you better. I do wonder in the writer's room, when you have a setup, when you come up with premises like the premises they have in this episode, which all are just so perfect, but, but like Sophia's money and then Blanche's dating and then, of course, Rose's story, that um, you have the possibility of situations like this where the stories interconnect and you get these great joke opportunities. And I wonder if they just get so eager because they're like, oh, driving metaphors, Blanche, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Yeah. I mean, they had so many of them. Yeah. yeah. Dorothy going, let's just say she's been around the block. Yeah. And then, but then in the next joke, when he's like, I can't believe something that beautiful is so cheap. Then Dorothy puts her hand over Sophia's mouth because she's so funny. bursting. I love those moments. My favorite one is when um, Dorothy does it. And then she goes like, I just love to hug my mommy. Mommy. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, their dynamic oh, was so, yes. so Especially fun. in those later years, it just became so much more slapstick. Yeah. Oh, case of the Libertine Bell. It's so oh. great. Oh. So then Miles and Caroline show up. And of course, Caroline, 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 played by the lovely Molly Hagan, who you will hear at the end of this episode. Poor Caroline. She I is mean. 
immediately bombarded with Rose's naivete when she's like, oh, I didn't know horns had nationalities. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and I mean, you know, I'm, this woman is like college educated. She, I mean, like her father, like, you know, that she's just like she surrounds herself with hoity toity smart people all the time. So she is in for quite a ride this afternoon. You can definitely tell she's not 100% sure if Rose is joking or yeah. being, you know, serious, yeah. which is what an introduction. I'm also glad that Rose remembered Spanish Fly from her little history lesson with Dorothy in yeah. the end of The Curse when they were reading The Minx. Mm -hmm. So uh, Rose and Miles and Caroline, they end up having a great lunch. I I did like, again, there the moments where I love Miles are few and far between. But I did love how Miles loved Rose's weird candied herring with the fireball yes. candy eyes. Yes. He, genu he was like, I ate it. I finished it. It was, <laughs> I mean, it was, I was like, okay, you know what? I mean, he he lost it for me later in the episode. But yeah. I, I was like, you know what? That That's a really sweet moment. But Caroline, she has a problem with the relationship. And mm -hmm. I have a feeling, I bet, I'm willing to bet. And I'll ask her, I'll see if she remembers. But. I'm willing to bet this was Molly's audition scene. Let's oh. let's play a little snippet from Caroline. Happy I finally got the chance to meet you. Oh, I'm happy too. Rose. You know, I have a feeling you and I are gonna be the best of friends. Rose, there's something we need to talk about. It's about you and Daddy. <laughs> I know it seems like a crazy match. A college professor and a farmer's daughter. But somehow what we have together seems to work. <laughs> Rose. It's only been a year since my mother died. Daddy's still very vulnerable at this point. I can understand why he reached out for you. You're very warm and you're very giving. But he needs time. So please, if you really care for my father, the best thing you can do is stay away from him. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! The what drama. act break. I mean, it is quite an act break. And I mean... Molly delivered the line. Molly delivered the emotion of the scene. Molly is Molly is a great actress. How do we I agree. And I'm I wanted to ask you, how do how do we feel about what Caroline said to Rose? Um, I think it's bold. I think it's very bold of her to be so forward in this. Uh, I don't think I would do the same thing. However, I relate to her um, protectiveness of her father because, you know, the, she didn't lose her mother all that long ago. So it's not right. like this has, like, been going on for years and she's had time to adjust to her father dating again and all of that. Like, and yeah, sure, her she's very much an adult. Her father is very much an adult. But at the same time, I can relate. I can relate. I think, though, you know, she's also just met Rose and it feels like maybe if she has this issue, I mean, she should take it up with her father directly instead of putting Rose in an awkward position. Because think of where she leaves Rose, right? Either Rose yeah. has to say something to Miles about it. And now Miles is involved. Or she's just going to, what, blow him off? And then yeah. that's going to really well, hurt him. That's what she's hoping for, I think. That's the motive. Because it's a lot easier to tell it to a stranger and to be a dick to a stranger than it is to have an emotional conversation with someone you love about something you're concerned about. It's a lot easier. And for, for, for her, she's probably just like, well, he'll find someone else later on when he's ready. Like, no big deal. Like, it's 
Rose is kind of a person in passing in the situation here, which is really unfortunate to say. Yeah, I agree that she probably just didn't want to have a difficult conversation with her dad. Yeah. I also, I love that Rose's problem leads to a really fun conversation with the women. Blanche is really running it about how, you know, when you were younger, you used to have to impress your date's parents. And now it's their children that you have to impress. I really liked anytime the show shows this very unique and fun POV of these older women who mm-hmm. are dating. I love it when they do that. And I know it was just sort of a small moment with um, you good, know, Mother Devereaux. It's, it's great when they do that. Can we can we go back just a smidge to Molly real quick and talk about her hair? Um, because, oh, my God, yes. Because this is very important to me. No other guest actor on The Golden Girls personified the era in which they appeared on the show better than I think Molly because Molly is 1990 hair. It is my stepmom driving us to Illinois because she knows this one hairstylist that's going to cut all our hair for super cheap and has a crazy perm, like massive perm, like my stepmom, not Molly. And, and the hair is sort of like, it's just sort of like, it's like messy styled, you know what I mean? Like it's something that you could put up or wear down or it could be frizzy, it could be all over the place. And the early 90s was just sort of right before Friends, like right before 1994 when Friends started and you had like the styled cuts and everything. This era was just like, it can be in a scrunchie, it can lay down, it can do anything. And Molly's hair was that. It was that because when she showed up, she had a dress on. It's all about the hair accessory. Yes. Because it her hair matched the tone yes. of the outfit, which is I'm coming over for Sunday lunch. Mm-hmm. But you swap out an accessory. Well, now she's ready for a Saturday night out on the town. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. She's so, ready. I loved it. I loved it, too. Poor Rose does not know what to do with this information. She doesn't want to confront Miles. I think, again, because maybe their relationship is kind of new. Maybe she doesn't yes. want to be in. She she doesn't want to be in this messy situation between Miles and Caroline. Maybe she doesn't want to, you know, blow up Caroline's spot by saying something. So Blanche offers to do it, and I love it. She just takes Miles's birthday cake out on the lanai. There's no birthday candles. There's just no. There's no happy birthday. She just puts a cake down, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Caroline, did you tell your daddy what you told Rose?" And I love that Wait. every father to Blanche's daddy. Yeah, that's true. Um, can we? I need to ask you then. This is a very important question then. So everyone in the friend group is the passive one, the aggressive one, like, and Blanche is clearly the aggressive one. Blanche is the one that's just going to, like, rip the Band-Aid, go out there and say the thing that needs to be said. I think She's Sophia, very forward. Yeah, I think Sophia, Sophia is also that. I think Rose I think Rose is definitely not, but I think Dorothy is probably more, uh, I wouldn't say passive, but she's more strategic in how she would go about doing it. I am definitely the Blanche in any situation. If you need the hard truth to be said to someone in a moment... I will go in and do that. I am that person. I will be the authoritative figure to be the person to deliver the news. What are you? Are you Blanche? Oh, mm. I think it depends on the situation. Yeah. In this situation, I don't think I would have been as forward as Blanche with the, did you tell your daddy what you told to Rose? 
I think I would have maybe pulled her aside and mm. said, and given and given her the out, I would have said, hey, if you don't want to mention this to him, if you don't want to bring it up right now, I will. I'm yeah. going to leave. I'll be back in five minutes and let's see where we're at. I would have given her the opportunity, but that wouldn't have made good television now, would it have? No, no, it wouldn't have, which is why in reality television world, I am perfect. You because are I, perfect. I will just walk in and say the thing and let the bomb fly or let the, let it land where it lands. You never want and, to be a Lisa Vanderpump, you know, where you kind of go to the side and be like, Kyle, Kyle, come here, Kyle, and then have that side conversation. No, you want to blow it up. Sure, whatever you say. I'm, I know, I don't know, I never, you know me, I don't watch any Real Housewives. <laughs> I just, I never, I never, there's too many of them. There's, there's too many too ma cities. Wait, too many. We should probably take a break before we move on. Okay, because I got a real good Blanche line coming up. I'm excited! So when Blanche is trying to convince Caroline that she should kind of keep her nose out of her dad's business. And she's being very diplomatic about it. She's being very gentle about it. She has this one line. She said, a year is more than respectable. I've had men call me while their wives were in intensive care. <laughs> oh. So good. So and good. I do want to play Miles's reaction and then oh. I would like for you and I to discuss it, if okay. that's okay. Well, we're on okay. a podcast. This is exactly what we should do in Great. that situation. Great. Okay, let's listen to it. Caroline, your mother and I were married for 43 years. They were wonderful years. I, I didn't think it was possible to find someone I'd care about again, but this happens when it happens. I've got a second chance. I think it would be nice if you'd be happy for me. Shmph. <sighs> Should I start or would you like to start? Um, you start. Okay. Here's my thought about Miles. As a parent myself, Caroline may be an adult, but he is the parent. Yeah. What I feel like I wanted to see from Miles is more sympathy yeah. and less anger towards his daughter. Because later, when he's talking to Rose and says that he wants to be with her, he's ready, Rose is like, what about Caroline? And he goes, she doesn't know everything. You should see the cardigan she got for me for my birthday. Ah, <laughs> oh, I do. You I do. did. Okay, now here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't know if, it cha if it'll change when I am a parent. If I am a parent, I'm not going to be a parent. Um, but... I do love the trope of parents hating on children. And because uh, I do, because that whole like, you know, un, like sure, unconditional love, but also like sometimes kids can be assholes and like <laughs> annoying and mm. or like your children, no matter how old they are, adults or not. And so I feel like he has a very adult relationship with his daughter. And in this situation, I'm actually not, I will always hate on Miles, always. But in this particular instance, I don't think it's so bad. He, okay, well, let me continue. Please. So a little bit later, re so remember, Blanche had explained to Caroline that men have needs. Mm -hmm. I mean, gross, because that's her dad, but okay. <laughs> and Caroline's like, you know, I hadn't considered that. 
and then we don't see Caroline again. Where did she go? Because now Miles is inside talking to Rose forever, and Blanche yeah. ends up coming inside. The rest of the women are there, and then Miles is like, well, I'm leaving. See ya. Did, yeah. did they just leave Caroline outside alone with the cake that has no candles in it? Well, she had to think about her, what she said. I think <laughs> I would have, I mean, I would have loved to have seen a nice moment between her and Rose. I understand there were three yeah. stories in the episode. They probably didn't have time. But again, just as a parent who is trying to raise a an empathetic person, human being, someone yeah. who... Like, I don't ever want my child to feel any shame around any Mm. of her feelings or that any of her feelings are wrong. And maybe this is why I'm taking this so personally. Wouldn't you agree that her feelings are wrong here? No. Her because no. Or her actions are wrong. Her Her actions actions are are wrong. wrong. But that's what I'm saying. He's not being sympathetic to her. He's lashing out at her actions instead of trying to understand where she's coming from. Okay, Miles is an asshole. Thank you. You convinced me. There. Thank you. Miles and Thank asshole. you. I yes. knew I followed all those parenting Instagram accounts for something in addition <laughs> to, you know, wanting to raise a child who doesn't feel any shame around her emotions. That That's what pinged me in this episode. I mean, episode. I get it. I mean, but I also think, you know, we're dealing with a family situation where there's probably a big lie happening between Miles and and his daughter anyway, because we all know that like he's in the witness protection program. So like, who knows what the motives, the real motives are behind any of this. They're living a house of cards. That is a hunt. I am asking Molly about that. I'm going to say, I know you didn't know this, but. <laughs> yeah, the actress does not know this, but we need to fill her in on this massive, massive. This is literally the jinx level true crime breakdown. This interview on the Patreon, y'all, will be our jinx. It, the witness, it unravels everything. It's, it, un, it unravels everything. How stupid it is. How stupid of us. A, if you don't know the documentary, The Jinx, you're really not getting any of my references here. But I am just, we need to treat this like a true crime moment. Like, we need to, like, really get to the bottom of this. Yeah, we need to, we got to start looking under some stones. So, so that's the Rosen Miles Killed story. Killed Oh, and then I don't know if you can hear me. It's so funny we're talking about the jinx because I think you're I think you're right about like Weight Watchers desserts because I've no. been eating sugar-free jello. That's I what keep, I'm saying. They I make you keep, very gassy. I keep burping in my yes. mouth. Yes, they make you very know. gassy. Wow, guys, this is a runner too. That was last week to this week. <laughs> I keep burping in my throat. Yes. I don't know if the the yes. like the croaks are coming across through my microphone. I, I heard one. I did I'm... hear one and I thought it was me, but then I was like that wasn't me. I'm croaking because I ate sugar-free banana cream. You know what's sad? Molly, who probably has never listened to this podcast before, is going to listen to this episode being like, "Ooh, I'm going to be a guest on this podcast." And then she's going to hear us going crazy like this. Molly, I officially apologize. Regrets officially. it. Immediately wow. regrets me. Well, she's going to listen to after the fact. So if you regret it after you listen, cool. <laughs> oh, we're a mess. We're a mess. We're, we're a sorry, mess. Molly, okay. We're sorry. I, we have to talk about the C story in this episode mm-hmm. of Sophia being overpaid Social Security. I 
laughed so hard at almost every single one of her jokes. Yes. So we do have some moments that I want to play. Yes. One that I love. I mean, she was overpaid $170,000 <sighs> at least the when dream. they stopped. I know the dream. Am do I you right? Think, I, think, I think in this situation, if, if, if someone makes a mistake like that, you at least get like a interest or something like you get to keep a part of it because of their An honor fee yes exactly yeah. exactly yeah i agree she has a great line where dorothy says ma how, how much are they overpaying you and she says enough to have you rubbed out if you rat on me <laughs> <laughs> so there is a the the mail call moment that i want to play it's oh god i just i love estelle in this episode she's so, so fabulous I. so do i mail call me 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 see ya ma these are all checks from the government no there's also an application for a gold card Boy, word gets around fast. I mostly wanted to play that clip to hear B. Arthur say government, which government. I know is one of Elliot's favorite yes. things to point out about Marguerite B. Arthur's government. Yeah, government. Yeah. There's an extra N in there, yeah. maybe two. Yeah. Also, later when she's counting money in a pillowcase, I guess, is she going to the bank and cashing it? Or are we meant to believe that the government is sending Sophia cash? I mean, I think, no, they're not sending her cash. She's checking those, like, she's cashing those checks. I mean, she's not wrong also when she says that the government doesn't know how to spend it. I thought that was a really funny joke. I also want to play the end of Dorothy's impassioned speech when she's pleading with Sophia to give the money back because, it like, B. Arthur and Dorothy is like just she's given her a real a real heart to heart. And Sophia, the way that she's she uh, her reaction is just so funny to me. Let's play that moment. Yeah. Taught me to love this country. You were the first one to make me feel proud of being an American. You were the first one who put an American flag in my hand. Ma, why don't you take a moment and. Think what America has given you. Besides this 170 grand? <laughs> all right. All right, all right. I'll send it back. All of it? Yes, Ma. All of it. Okay, okay. I just hope they want it back after an 83-year-old woman rolled around in it naked. <laughs> the idea of Sophia rolling around naked in money is... Is so good. Like... I mean... She's like making snow angels in her bed. Why haven't, why hasn't somebody, I don't know if it's Golden Girls posters or if it's Chris or someone made a product of Sophia rolling around in money naked. I want that sketch. I want that photoshopped. I want something of that. I don't wear, I don't wear things that are themed like that. That's not my style, but. Oh, it's my style. We will, I will promote the shit out of it if somebody makes it. There, I said it. Yeah, I'm curious. Is it, yeah, is it, would you blur the private parts or would you put money over You'd them? You'd put money. It would be like that famous yeah. Bette, or I think, or is it Bette Midler or Whoopi Goldberg? I forget, but that famous photo of them like rolling around in money or whatever. And it's like, it covers up the private parts and stuff. 
I would you I was gonna say you couldn't pay me one hundred and seventy thousand dollars to roll around naked in money. Oh, I could. I, I mean, would. if you pay me that much, yes, you could. How much money would it take for you to roll around naked in dirty, filthy money? Remember that most money has traces of feces and cocaine on it. Go. Yeah, How much money I, would it take? Surprisingly, not much for me. I'm not. I'm not that bothered by feces and or cocaine. I'm sorry, Molly. Um, but I, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I would, I would probably do it for like a thousand dollars. I don't know what my number would be, but I mean, for a thousand dollars, like I'm, I'm a big person. And so a thousand ones is actually not going to cover that much. I don't think in a bathtub for well, me. No, so no, no. Minimum. I'm going to need at least 2,500. Here's what I'm going to say. The, there's no correlation between the amount of money you're getting and the amount of money you're rolling around in. Oh, but there's see, just so a much giant fun. pit of money, and it's then... so much fun to think about that you get to keep all the money that's in the pit. You know what I mean? Like that's like fun. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'd maybe do it for a couple thousand dollars as long as I could shower immediately after. Well, of course, yes. You want to wash off after, and maybe, yeah. maybe don't ever put your face in it. Like that's a thing. I wouldn't do that. I don't think, but. If you want me to roll around naked in it and just like you want to pour it on me or whatever, literally we're talking like a thousand dollars. I just need to make sure that it's enough to cover my entire body because that's funny. Yeah. Now I'm picturing I, you naked rolling around in money. I'm not going to lie. But you told me that you were picturing my husband doing something very dirty in these well, last yeah, few episodes. We were talking so about, I feel like we're he even. Was, he was beating his meat. So, he was I mean, pounding it wasn't just, chicken. It wasn't well. The, the, he was beating down to Mississippi meat that he purchased. So he was beating his meat, and once I said it, I guarantee you, at least forty homosexuals thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I we have to get into what I thought was the funniest joke in this episode. Yeah. So Blanche has had too many 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 men who have come by for the car she asks dorothy to let them all down i love that nobody is handling their own shit in this episode no, blanche no. handles rosa's shit dorothy handles blanche's shit everyone's a mess dorothy handles her own because she's dorothy's born act damn it yes. Yes. and this bit with sophia no joke i laughed so hard it's that really i watched good. it again and then I watched it again, and then I made Stan watch it twice, and then he <laughs> laughed so hard. Let's let's play that moment. Gentlemen, gentlemen, please. You don't seem to understand what I'm trying to tell you. The car is not for sale. Why not? It's haunted. <laughs> what? The car is haunted. I should know. I rode in it. You look okay. I'm 27 years old. <laughs> And just for your reference, this is the joke where she's I'm 27. like, yeah, I'm 27 years old. Oh, my God. It made me laugh so hard. I, I, I oh, I do this. I have to admit. And I always forget that it's this episode. But there are so many times, so many times when someone says something, you know, when I'm like when I'm like. I think I maybe even speaking of Carson earlier, I think I may have even done this to Carson where he said, yeah, yes, we were talking about the importance of moisturizing and like how, and I am big on skincare as we all know, as we know, you know, as you know. And so I'm like, yes, you need, it's important to do it young, drink that water, put that lotion on, apply it like in silence of the lambs, like do it early because it will benefit you later. Trust me. And then he was like, why, why you look great. And I was like, I'm 21. <laughs> and, and it was yeah it was stupid but it was funny i love that yeah. i love that 
You look fine. I'm 27 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Her delivery, she was like, Estelle must have felt so good. I hope she felt good that week because, man, she had had great, great lines. So Dorothy ends up making a date with one of the guys, and Blanche is like, you know, oh, I'm not mad. In fact, like, why don't you two take the Mercedes? And she does to Dorothy— what Dorothy did to the woman who decided to elope with her husband mm-hmm. when Miami Mom's Catering was supposed to cater with all the stuffed <laughs> chicken, where she hands her her finest piece of crystal and then calls the cops and reports it stolen. So, so yeah, God. Blanche gives her the keys and she's like, hello, I'd like to report a stolen it's, vehicle. It's also the same with writing oh. the bad check to the girls. I mean, like Blanche has a habit of using the law for her own enjoyment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which and is technically illegal. Like, it is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Just for everyone she, thinking to, about doing this. Yeah, she yeah. does, doesn't yes. she? Yes, she does. Yeah. Yes, she does. And it's I wonder, bad. Do I it. wonder if when the smoking nun and the guy <gasps> got, like, if that was karma coming yeah. back to get Blanche for all of that stuff. Maybe. And Sophia, who was me- really mean to Rose that one time and pretended mm-hmm. to be her dead husband speaking through the melon. That was so mean. I that still can't so get over mean. that. I wow. still can't get over that moment. Wow. That was the meanest she's ever been. Well, that was the episode. I thought it was an absolute joy. And to our listeners, if you haven't watched this episode because it's not in your usual rotation, please mm-hmm. watch it. If not, for all of Sophia's great lines in and for the Molly's liquor chair hair. squeak. And, and for Molly's, Molly's hair. hair. Yes. And for Molly's great speech to Rose where she picks yes. up the tray and walks out and everybody goes, <gasps> Yes. All right. We're going to take one more quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to be talking to Molly Hagen, a.k.a. Caroline. We actually have a fan who someone uh, reached out to me. I feel like it might have been shortly after we met or something. And they were like, wait a minute. They were like, wait, Caroline is like Mama Walker. And they had put it together. They didn't realize because they were a huge fan of Walker. And they had no idea that you were Caroline. And it blew their mind. There was like the, the, the head blown emoji and... And then I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, we're going to try to have her on the podcast one of these days. So, um, so we're so, so glad that this came about. You and I actually met, there was a Golden Girls themed picket during the writer and actor strike. And I met you through Jim Colucci, who we've had on the podcast before. He's, he's a friend of the show. And it was so fun to see you there. And like, I, I guess what if, what do you sort of have had Golden Girls fan interactions and stuff i'm assuming kind of over the years what's kind of like your your history with the golden girls fandom well there was a what 20 years 10 years or something that when did it start streaming because oh that was a couple of years ago now that was just a couple of years ago now but it had been i mean the fans had been obsessing over it on lifetime when they did reruns right okay and then Hallmark, of course, and all yeah. the other TV. So, yeah. I but I think it was maybe ten or fifteen years ago, all of a sudden, all my gay friends were like, I went, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, well, <laughs> we're obsessed with Golden Girls, and I had no idea you did a Golden Girl. And it, it was it was kind of like a gay army. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so that was the, that was the first sort of like, wow, this is still really popular. It was great. I mean, I mean, I certainly, there's a ton of shows I watch in syndication. So, I mean, I got it. Um, uh, I think that's when it occurred to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it really hit you. That it was was a very living, breathing show. Well, and what is it like to even, because you only did one episode, but it's an iconic episode and your presence on it is, what is it like to be recognized, even just in those moments through like, (laughs) through your gay friends? Like, what is it like to be recognized for that one week of work, essentially, you did in, in 1990? Well, just in general, when you're young, (laughs) the first thing you say is like, I've done other things. And then the older you get, you're like, oh my God, that is so neat. It's, it's, it, but, you know, when you're young, you're horrified that you're, you know, it's, I, it, I'm not horrified it was Golden Girls, but I'm, you, you know, you're horrified that, that you think that's the only job I've ever done. And, yeah. but then you get older and you're, you're so grateful that anyone saw anything. So, uh, I just think it's it's not the me, it's the power of Golden Girls. I mean, frankly. Yeah. I mean it's Yeah. So that's well, it, it's iconic. I mean it really it, <laughs> Sorry to use that. No, it is. But it is. So if you guys want to hear the rest of our conversation with Molly, head over to patreon.com slash golden girls podcast and sign up for our program director of the Miami Museum tier. That's the $8 a month tier. We had such a great conversation with her. She talked about what it was like to film the episode, who was nice, who was like not so nice. Uh, She talked about what she thought of her performance when she finally watched it and then Oh my gosh, Molly dropped a bombshell on us with her theory on who she thinks Caroline really is if in fact her dad Miles was Nick Carbone in the Witness Protection Program. It's probably the wildest, coolest, most plausible theory of who Caroline really is. We were absolutely obsessed with it. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash golden girls podcast and sign up to hear the rest of our convo. Oh my God, it's time for the golden takeaway, which is a nugget of truth or inspiration that you can apply to your lives or the lives of our listeners. Carrie, what's your golden takeaway from this episode? I think, you know, I'm going to say actors. In your auditions, make choices, maybe, to say words like B. Arthur does. <laughs> I will say, as someone, who, as someone who has sat in on a lot of TV auditions, when someone stands out because they've made a choice that I was like, oh, I never saw that coming, I always appreciate that. So, yes, government, maestro, diaper, you, will, you may not get the job, but you will be memorable. I'm going to leave it at that, my golden takeaway. I love that. I love that. What's yours? My golden takeaway from this episode is, oh, I wish I could have Molly's hair. I, so I, I have okay hair. My hair is fine, but uh, chemo kind of fucked my hair in a journey situation. So it's just as flat. It doesn't, it's not as wavy and voluptuous as it once was years ago. And so Whenever my hair is super flat, it's always kind of like a trigger. Like my hair is kind of a trigger in general to that time. But when I see hair that is just so perfect and big and just like just big, I'm just so jealous and I so want it. I so want it. So my golden takeaway is that I'm jealous 
that I'm jealous and that I have regret in my life. But that's okay because I'm human. Yes, you are human. We're all human. I will say Sadie's hair. Oh, yeah. I can just put on a wig. (laughs) Always on point. I love Sadie's hair. You get good height with Sadie's hair. Oh, yeah. Us standing at if if you want to see funny pictures, just go look at Carrie and I at the last Golden Girls live show and how I'm already taller than Carrie. But as Sadie with hair and heels and everything, I Carrie comes to my crotch. Yes. I'm I'm like Daisy standing against. I mean, I'm Daisy standing against Rose instead of Daisy standing against Fernando. I and I wear flats. I wear I actually wear shoes that make me shorter somehow. Call so, yeah. back. Call back. Oh my goodness. Well, everyone, this has been another episode of Out on the Lanai. Thank you all so so much for listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we are a part of Mom Mogos of Media. So go on and subscribe to Mom Plus and all the wonderful things and listen to all those podcasts. And you can follow us on all of the socials at Golden Girls Pod on Twitter, out on the Lanai official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Facebook, and I am Sadie Pine slash H. Allen Scott on everything. And I am Squid Eat Squid on Twitter and Squidzy on Instagram. And again, if you want to check out the GGVIP Club where you can get tons of bonus content from the two of us, you can go to patreon.com slash golden girls podcast. And if you have a moment and you can leave us a nice rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes. Those things really do help. And guys, remember. As always. Stay Stay golden! Out on the Lanai is not endorsed by Wit Thomas Harris Productions, Touchstone Television, Disney, or any of its subsidiaries. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names, pictures, audio, and video clips of the Golden Girls are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. 